Hello, welcome to Pilgrim Missionary Baptist Church podcast, Faith in the Word. Here, Pastor Cecil Holloway is bringing you all the spiritual teachings within God's Word. We hope you enjoy. Please share with a friend. And like always, God bless you. If you have your Bibles, which you should, <laughs> just don't rely on technology. Why is that? Because you're going to get in strife. Don't rely on technology. Make sure you keep the word before you. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6. I want to teach on strife. I want to teach on strife in a different way that I have taught it in time past. But I also, I want to bring into this teaching today the revelation that we received on Thursday night about the Tiz syndrome. About the Tiz syndrome. And the reason why uh, a lot of us are in strife or can fall into strife is because of deception. Deception that is being brought out, brought about on by information, constant communication, t- constantly speaking, talking about things. We're going through this uh, as a society on our social media. We have all these conversations with people that uh, we don't know anything about, we don't have no relationship. Why would you have a conversation? Why would you share with somebody your life experiences and you don't know these people? That's ludicrous, all right? That people you find yourself on Facebook and Instagram and having conversation and going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth in strife with individuals you don't even know. It's a spirit of strife. And it's brought about through deception because of the Tiz syndrome. That's what we discovered on Thursday night. Now, deception, what is deception? Deception is trying to convince you that a lie is truth. We found out on Thursday night. Deception is trying to convince you that a lie is truth. And we also found out on Thursday night that the day that you was born into this earth realm, everybody, everybody, all of us included, we all have lived our lives under deception. Okay? The enemy is, he's the master deceiver, okay? And how does he operate in our lives when it comes to deception? Well, he operates through the Tiz syndrome. And the Tiz syndrome is thoughts, ideas, and suggestions. Thoughts, ideas, and suggestions. So if you're not under the word, you're not hearing the word, you're not studying the word, you're not meditating the word, you're not rightly dividing the word, you're not uh, speaking the word, you're not, you don't have no relationship with the word, you will constantly every day be deceived. And so in your deception will bring about strife. All right. 
you are deceived. We all are covered every day of our lives through deception. That's why we need the word of God to penetrate to, through that deception or to reveal that deception so that we can know truth. Go to Revelation. Uh, this is not part of the slide, but let's go to Revelation chapter 20. That's why I say you can't rely on technology. Revelation chapter 20. Revelation chapter 20, verse 10. And the devil that deceived them. And the devil that deceived them. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beasts and the false prophets are and shall be tormented day and night. And the devil that deceived them. So the, the devil deceives mankind, womankind, child kind through deception, trying to convince you that a lie is true. And the way he does that is through our thoughts, our ideas, and our suggestions. Our thoughts and ideas and our suggestions. So every, if, you if you go back and think about your life, everything that you have ever did or did, in your life or you did it, it, it was brought about first either by a thought, an idea, or someone suggested it to you. All right. And now we know that if you're not under the word and meditating, studying the word and hearing the word, every thought, every idea, and every suggestion that comes to us is coming to us from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It's not coming from the tree of life. All right. Every thought, idea, and suggestion is coming to us from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, we pretty much, we understand what evil is, but we really don't understand what good is that comes from the knowledge of good and evil. We understand what good is because we have used terms like God has given you common sense. That's eating from the tree of good and evil. That's not the life. God don't give you, God didn't give you no common sense. God gave you faith. Oh, Jesus. He has dealt to every man a measure of faith. That's what that means in, the, in Romans. He has, God was at the poker table and he dealt you, you know, he, he dealt you a measure of faith. God didn't give you no good. Where did you get that from? From the tree of good and evil? Knowledge of good and evil? That's what you got that from. You didn't get it from God. That's not where, it's, it's just like, you know, you heard that godliness, cleanliness next to godliness. That's not even biblical. Where you get that from? For the knowledge of good and evil? 
it sounds good. It, it, you know, it sounds so good that it could be spiritual. But it's not. And so now you see how you and I have said things over the years and it wasn't from the word of God. So now when you come into the word of God and find the truth of God's word that doesn't line up the stuff that you've been saying from the knowledge of good and evil, now you we have strife. Now we got strife between you and God. Because once we find in the word, all the things that you've been saying, you know, all the things that you've been saying that you're not worthy, you're not good, you're not attractive, you're, you know, you're, you're not healed. Where'd you getting all that stuff from? It's not from the tree of life. It's from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So now when you come into the word of God, now you got strife between you and God because now you're battling in the mind. That's where the battlefield is in the mind. Now you can't get, we talk about Thursday about the law of honor. You can't give God honor because you've been hearing this stuff. You've been speaking this stuff. So now you come into the light of the truth of God's word. So now there's a strife between you and God because it's like, wait a minute. This is what I've been taught. This is what I've been told. This is what I've been saying. And so you mean to tell me I've been saying the wrong thing? Yes. So now until you, because we learn about honor, what comes with honor is humility. Until you humble yourself unto the truth of God's word, you will be in strife with God. Then you'll turn around. If you don't get out of it, then you'll say that God killed your baby, God killed your uncle, God killed your auntie, your mama, daddy, and all that stuff. And then now, now since you're in strife in God, when you're in strife in God, or you're in strife in the area, now you start lying. Now you have complicated even worse. Because now you're lying. <laughs> strife seekers are liars. There's no truth in it. So now you're in a spiritual warfare. You're in strife because you've been getting thoughts, ideas, and suggestions from the knowledge of the tree of good and evil, not from the word of God. And so now you're being, you're being having a confrontation with the word and eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, just like it puffed up Eve because the word of God says knowledge alone will puff you up. Now you're prideful. All right? And now you'll be in the same category as Satan that now you're puffed up and so now you're in strife with God and now what God said you believe that that's not true. Because if you keep telling a lie over and over and over and over and over and over and over, eventually you will believe it. So now you're in strife with God. 
And that's the spiritual warfare battle. We don't want, you don't want to be in strife with God. I'll tell you right now, you're not going to win. <laughs> all right? So that's why we have to humble. And that's why we, and I, and I, I can see all these teachers all in line together. That's why we learned about honor on Thursday and spiritual warfare on Sunday, because we got to get a proper relationship with God. Because all the stuff that we have heard or we have learned has not been from the book. So that's why we find ourselves in strife with God and contending with God. And we're in strife and we're in a spiritual warfare. Not knowing that Satan is a debater. Satan is a debater. God is a declarer. The word of God said he declares a thing. Satan debates a thing. When you're in a strife, you are you in a debating mood. Why is that? Because Satan comes with a question mark. Um, in the book of Timothy, Paul taught Timothy, his uh, young minister in the faith, his son in the faith. He tells, he teaches Timothy, he says, don't debate or don't have unprofitable questions unless it is developing faith, paraphrasing that. It's good to have questions, but make sure your questions are in faith, not in debate. Why? Because the devil always comes with, with a question mark. God comes with an exclamation mark. We just, we did it in praise and worship. It, when he said it, that's it. God declares that. He comes with an exclamation mark. The devil comes with a question mark. Like he did Eve. Did God really say? And what did God say? God said, don't eat. That's it. The enemy comes with a question mark. So it brings about strife. It brings about strife in our relationship with God. Why? Because we got these thoughts, ideas, and suggestions, and we are dishonoring God. The scripture said, whoever honored God, that's who God will honor. Remember our springboard verse on Thursday night, we see uh, Eli is that Eli honored his sons above God. <laughs> How many Christian parents? I ain't talking about worldly parents. How many Christian parents honor their children above the most high? I love it. <laughs> so now you dishonor God. And so now you got strife. So now what the word of God says, here, you, you pull the honor of God above everything. Now you're in strife. Wait a minute. That's my baby. I never put, no, you need to be like Abraham. Put your baby on the altar. 
and sacrifice. Why? If you don't put your baby on the altar and give it to God, guess what? The devil going to get your baby. That's why your baby's in fornication and drugs and poverty and mental illness because you didn't put your baby on the altar to God. Nobody don't want to help me. That's a warfare baby, battle because you, you honored your baby higher than God. Because there's nothing like your baby. Baby. Nothing like your baby. You honor. You honor your baby higher than God. Okay, give you another example. How you honor your baby. The word of God says that your, your baby daddy is supposed to discipline your baby. But you honored your baby. He's not going to discipline my baby. So now you dishonor God. Now we got strife, don't we? Because you didn't let your baby daddy discipline your baby. And some of you didn't have a baby daddy to discipline your, your, your baby. So now you dishonor God. Now, now you're in strife. Because who told you? Where did you get that information? Where did you get that information? to have a baby without your baby daddy. Where'd you get that thought, idea, and suggestion from? That I can have a baby without the father being there. That I can have this baby and not come into a marriage covenant. Where'd you get that thought, idea, suggestion from? See, see what I'm talking about? We get all our stuff from the deceiver. The devil has deceived you. That's why your baby is now grown up as rebellious and don't want God. Don't want it because you took on that thought, that idea, and that suggestion from the master deceiver. So now you in strife with God. And so now you find yourself, you start lying. Well, you know, the Lord knows my heart. Yeah, yeah, he, I hate hearing that. The Lord, 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 yeah, the Lord knows your heart, all right? Yeah, he knows you. Yeah. So when you're in strife, strife is a person with issues. They got issues, that's why they're in strife. Uh, 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 Primary characteristic of a person who's in strife, they are the debater. They are debating. Not realizing that debating in strife sows discord. Let me, let, let, let me give you some, some truth. I know you've been eating from the knowledge of good and evil because you thought that, you know, being debating was uh was the thing but let me show you what truth says go to proverbs oh glory debating sows discord a person who debates they are in strife they got issues they either got daddy issues mama issues 
They got personal issues. They got life issues. They got issues. And probably the main issue they got is with God. All right? Because they're in strife with God. So a person who debates, they sow discord. You sow discord among people or the individual that you're debating with. Now, look at Proverbs chapter 6. Let's see what, um, how God feels about that. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16. These six things of the Lord hate. Uh-oh, they God hating stuff. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, here we go. Lisa, I got to work on it. You know what? Y'all need to pray for me because I can never get my shoe tied. I've been having this problem ever since I was a kid. So I got some issues. Pray for me, please. Six. These six things that the Lord hate. Now, remember, we, own, we hate the things that God hates. You can't just hate stuff or hate people on your own because you can't afford it. We can't afford to hate folks. We really can't. Why is that? Because that sends us to hell. We can't afford to be hating folks. Why? Because you can't get into heaven with hate in your heart. Faith works by love. All right? But when we find the things that God hates, we can hate the thing God hates because God can afford to hate. And why, how is that? Why is that? Because God knows what is in the heart. We don't. So if God hates those things that are in the heart, we can hate those same things that he hates. So you just can't just be hating just to be hating. All right? Is that enough? Is that little vernacular enough for you? Okay. Now look at this. Verse 16, these six things that the Lord hate, yet seven are a, an abomination. Abomination in that word in Hebrew means disgusting to God. Verse 17, a proud look, a lying tongue, a hand that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked imagination, feet that be swift and run into mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among brethren. That's your debater. Those are the people who debate. Because why? Because debating brings about strife. So God hates that. So a person who is in strife is a person who has issues and they are debating and what will come from, from that debate. Because if you listen to people who get into debating stuff, a lot of stuff that they would debate people with, they are debating people with lies. They start making up stuff. Why is that? Because now that is a, it is a ego thing that's going on. So even the person who they debating with may give them truth, they have to come back with a heavy ammunition of debating and how what they use will be lies. So what they debated, they are they in all actuality, they lying. 
Jesus. So strife brings all this. So when you get on social media, that, when you see all that stuff goes on social media, you got people who are in strife. They debating. They are debating. They are debating. They're giving lies. They're so in discord. And you as Christians, you caught up in all that stuff. You back and forth with them. And you don't know anything about them. You don't know whether they are devil worshipers. You don't know whether they are in, in the occult. You don't know. You're debating because technology was designed by the enemy to bring evilness. Uh, the internet mainly was designed for pornography. Because you cannot go on the internet. You can just go in there and just to do some nice research. Then all of a sudden, Bambi does Dallas pop up. Like, what? where did that come from? And so the internet originally was designed by the enemy to bring in pornography. So that's why now we don't have pornography shows. We don't have peep shows and all that stuff like they used to do back in the day because now people can, in the privacy of their home, sin through pornography. Okay? So you're having all this conversation with these people on social media. You need a fast from social media. <laughs> because they're not, they don't, they're not interested in hearing no Jesus. That is a that is a realm. This is okay. This is where you you get deceived. That is a satanic realm. That social media is no way that you, as a believer, who serve God part time, think you're gonna go into that realm. Thank you. It's like, you know, people, it's, it's like the music industry and in Hollywood. That's a satanic, that's the devil's realm. And there's no way as a believer that you're going to go in there and say, I'm going to affect the kingdom. I mean, that satanic kingdom. That's why you see them Christians who do those type of things and they're not fully equipped. They, they get messed up. What do you think? What do you think is going on with Simone Biles? She's a believer. She's in that all that athletic world. That's satanic. You, all that stuff is ran by the devil. I know you. I know it's hard for you because you love because you love your idols. You love your entertainers. You love your athletes, and you really don't think that oh my athletes and my idols can do can you know can do wicked stuff that's why you don't say anything when beyonce gets upset when jesus say yeah and then she gets on there and starts shaking her body and shaking her booty you don't say nothing because you love your athlete your idols but as minister stella gets up there and starts shaking her booty you're ready to persecute her why because you don't love her the way you love your athletes and your idols. Come by help me, please. <laughs> so you make, you, you give them a pass. You give them a pass with Lil Wayne and Lil Jeezy and Drake and whoever, whoever, whoever your idol is, you give them a pass. 
your athlete who's awesome. And, and, and there's one, and then they anti-God. They say bad things about you give them pain because you love your idols and your athletes. So that's why Simone Biles is going through. She, she's a Christian. She's a born again. But now if you look at, look at her now, how that satanic world has affected. Now she got the makeup and showing her bikini and all that kind of what? <laughs> Cause you gotta, you gotta be equipped. You can't be part time with God and think you're gonna go into that satanic room and affect them. No, you got to be heavily strapped. And that's and that's where these Christians get deceived. You know how can you know how how can that you got that little church girl, anointed girl, sing the uh, powerful Tasha Cobb. And going to get up and say, God told her to cut a record with Mickey Minaj? Are you serious? <laughs> that girl is the epitome of lust. Like your girl Beyonce is. I've been saying it for years. I said Beyonce ain't nothing but a glorified stripper. And I have heard Christians say, oh, don't say that, Pastor. That's Beyonce. She's a glorified stripper. And her husband is a devil worshiper. But we give him a pass because, I, I mean, there's been testimony that little girls has been attracted to Beyonce sexually. The girl already told you she got a demon, Sasha Fierce, but what he, no, that can't be right. <laughs> Why is that? Because you're in strife. A person with strife is out of order. A person with strife is out of order. It's a spiritual warfare. I need to read a scripture or something, don't I? 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6. Who also have made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the spirit, for the letter killeth, but the spirit giveth life. That's why in religion church, religion church, we see a lot of strife. Why? Because they are being ran by the letter. You go to another church, you got to do. I got to take, get my letter. Take your letter and drop it in the flames of hell. How you, how you say that, you know? That, that's, that was our tradition, having our letter. Now, what's going on? You, you, you're in strife. Because what, what is the word, the word? Did you see what the word says? It says, the letter killeth. <laughs> the letter killeth, but the spirit giveth life. God don't give us no letter. Really? The letter. The letter. So I can raise hell in this church and grab my letter and go to the other church and raise hell. Long as I got my, my letter.
I remember when we was in Nicholasville, we had this young lady who was a hellraiser. And she was into that letter stuff. So she said, Pastor Holloway, I'm going to go to another church. I need a letter. I said, okay, I'll give you a letter. I put on that letter. You are a hellraiser. Now take that over to your next pastor. No, no, I called the pastor up and told him that she was heading to his church and she's going to cause some hell. He said, I appreciate that. He said, I wish a lot of pastors would do that. A lot of pastors don't do that because they don't want that tithes and offering to walk out of the door. If you're raising hell, keep your money. Get out. I don't need you. You're raising hell, causing discord. We're on a mission here. Uh, <laughs> she said, she, after I would preach, she used to write me little notes and slip them under my door. And this, and I, I was, I was you know, young, you preaching, and I, stupid, I, I read, I, I don't you, you can slip stuff under my door now, I'm gonna throw it right in the trash. So, you know, unless you tell me, it's something that is important. But you slipping to complain or whatever, yeah. And I read that, and she would just put in her little note to me, all the stuff that I did wrong. <laughs> it didn't, and, and didn't I tell you the word said the letter killeth. She was trying to use that letter to kill my spirit. <laughs> so a person with strife is out of order. A person that debates has strife without any foundation of Christ. If you got foundation of Christ, there's no way you can be in strife and debate. You can't debate. We don't debate the word. Somebody want to come debate the word? I'm sorry. Because debating causes strife. We're going to be in strife. Because we ain't doing it but matching wits. You're trying to get your point across. That is strife. So if somebody, I, I don't debate the word. I'm sorry. So that's why the Lord had taught me. I've coined this phrase. You want to debate the word? I see what you're saying. I'm not going to debate with the word. I'm not going to get in strife. Strife kills. Strife kills. So we go through all this strife with people on internet, social media, and we try to have a relationship with these people. And you're not aware that they are eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They are, they are talking through their thoughts, their ideas, and their suggestions. Go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 12. Strife is sowing discord among the brethren. God hates strife. God hates strife is, 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 is like cancer. If you don't deal with it, it will metastasize and it will destroy all the living organs. That's why I cannot tolerate strife in this church. If you're here to sow discord, we can't have strife. Strife kills. And strife will move quickly. That's why I definitely can't have strife among my leadership. Strife will move quickly. Jesus had strife in his leadership. He did, yeah, 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 he did, he did. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's who Judas was. Judas was a strife seeker. Usually people that are in strife and so in discord, they are liars and some of their motivation sometimes is because of money. Judas sold Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver, not even 30 pieces of gold, silver. And Jesus, Jesus knew. Jesus knew he had a strife seeker among his leadership. The pastor knows. Pastor, I know who I am. I got strife seekers. Why do people? Oh, oh, why do people think that pastors are dumb? They don't know nothing. They don't see nothing. You know, people just do stuff. It's like this. This is how the devil can get you so bamboozled. When you start working for the devil, you start doing the devil's stuff. The devil, remember, deception is trying to convince you that a lie is true. You, you, you do these things and you think, nobody don't see me, pastor don't see whatever. <laughs> really? Really? I remember we had to, we had to go to a treatment named Honey, and sometimes Honey would just get under a blanket, whatever, she would hide herself and thinking that we can't see her. And that's what people that are in strife and that are getting these thoughts, ideas, suggestions from the enemy, people these do these things and they think that the man of God can't see them. And then when, once the man of God busts them out with the light of God's word, then they're like, oh, I didn't know I was doing that. Really? I was not really? So Jesus knew that Judas was a, a strife seeker. He was a betrayer. Most people in strife, they will be betray you like a drop of a dime. So what did Jesus do before he had to go to the cross? Well, he told Judas, he said, go, do what you have to do. Do it quickly. I know, I know what you're all about, Judas. I know. He, and he walked with Jesus. I mean, he walked, he seen blind eyes open, people raised from the dead. He saw all the miracles, but he, he was in strife. Why? Because his thoughts, ideas, and his suggestions. And the word of God says that the enemy, the devil, came into him and deceived him. And Jesus said, go and do it quickly. He was a strife. See, he sowed discord among the brethren. Uh, the woman that had the uh, alabaster box. <laughs> she had that box was uh, equivalent to a year's wages. The man of God comes in. She understand about seed time and harvest sowing. She took that alabaster box, poured that oil all over Jesus. And then the strife seeker, Judas, said, hey, 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 what, 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 what is she doing? Putting all that on Jesus. We could use that for the poor. And what did Jesus say? Oh, yeah, you're right. No, he said, the poor you're always going to have. You ain't going to have me. Because Judas was concerned about the money. He wasn't concerned about Jesus. Okay. 
So my antennas of years of ministry, my wife and I learned, my antenna goes up when God is blessing us and people got attitudes with us getting blessed. Why do you get why do you get all lit? What 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 sister Holloway got a, a, another new dress? This is the kind of stuff we used to hear in ministry. Sister Holloway, ooh, sister Holloway got new, look at them new shoes she got on. She got another. They must be taking that money from the church. Why do all those things come up out of people's mouth? Because of thoughts, ideas, suggestions from the enemy, he's deceiving them to try to convince them that a lie is true and to get them into strife. Because if you notice, people who are in strife, they will separate themselves. Strife seekers will separate themselves because they want to deposit that seed of discord and then they want to back off and watch the chaos. Oh, y'all don't want to work with me, see? Not like my Thursday night group. They even even quieter than y'all. <laughs> this is what goes on in the minute. This goes in the church. This go with Krista Dim. And not only in the church, this goes on in your family. David said it this way in the psalm. It wasn't my enemy that had attacked me. It wasn't my foes who was against me. It was my brother who we'd go up in the house of the sanctuary and pray together. Yeah. It was the ones who I trust. You only can be hurt by folks that you love. I can't be hurt by my enemy. I don't love them. But people that you love, so guess who the devil's going to use to attack or to bring strife? This is a spiritual warfare. Oh, Lord. We got two more teachings after this and we'll be done with spiritual warfare. Yeah, we got two more. It says here, we beseech you, brethren, to know them, look at this, to know them which labor among you. You need to know those folks who you talking to on social media. Because you are laboring, they are laboring among you. And are they strife seekers? Are they trying to bring discord? Are they trying to convince you that your God is not God? So he says, look, and we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord. That, sometimes I say things and people think, oh, he just be saying. That's why I, that's why I said, uh, uh, before you can get in the type of leadership position of this ministry, you got to sit here for the year. Why? Because you got to find out, do you, <laughs> you, you like me or not? <laughs> sure, and I got to find out, do I want to pass to you? <laughs> See, we, we, we're not in the business. I'm not in the business to try to get people Oh, I, I have been there before in my ministry. I just want people to come in so I can pass in. And the devil brought all kinds of folks in. And it's like, I don't want to pass to those people. <laughs> so I've learned something. So I've learned, hey, give, give me a year. You want to find out, 
do you like us? Do you, do you want to be part of this, what God is doing? Uh, we we want to know, you know, do we like you? Do we want to be part of you? Because this is a spiritual thing that is so deep spiritually that this relationship that we have now will go forth even into eternity. So he said, know them who labor among you. So that's why we have to, we have to, we have to know each other. We have to know each other. And then once we know each other, then we allow the spirit, if there's any correction or change, the Holy Spirit will change us or correct us or whatever. But we have to know it because the things that God, that's why, that's why, <laughs> that's why that lady who came visit last week, she really didn't know what she was saying. I want to go to the church where the shoes really fit. Well, that shoe fitted real good last week, but she's not back because she realized this ain't the shoe store I want to be at. And you know what? That's okay. That's okay. We, we have learned that that's, everybody is not going to like us. That's okay. Our style of ministry is not for everybody, but we know we for some people. And some people, do, man, they love themselves some Pastor Holloway and Sister Stella, like peanut butter and jelly. And then there's some people who despise us. Now, that's okay. Our thing is, are you in the house of God? Are you getting fed? Because how God is taking us, how God taking this ministry, how God directs is totally different. All right? And you got to realize when it comes to the ministry, God has some... He has some carpenters, he has some plumbers, all right? And he has some bricklayers. Give you an example. A lot of people who get into bricklaying, they're in carpentry church. So when they go into a carpentry trade and that's all they talk about carpentry, they sit there and get frustrated because I'm into bricklaying. So find yourself a bricklaying church. And get in that church and be committed, be sold out because they talking about bricklaying so you can be part of that. And so you got people who's in the plumbing and they're in bricklaying church. And they talk about laying bricks, brick, bricks. And I want to hear about pipes. And I want to hear about faucets. And they don't say nothing. So they get frustrated. Are you hearing anybody else? So now this brings about strife. And God hates strife. So you have to, we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and, and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. And once you establish that, it should be no more strife. Because if you really know my heart and our hearts when it comes to God and the word of God and the mission that God has given us or what we're supposed to do, you really know our heart, there should be no more strife unless you listen to those thoughts, ideas, and suggestions from the enemy. And once they come, you got to cast them down. Say, no, man, that's not my man of God. No, that's not my woman of God. No. When the Spirit of the Lord comes upon you and says, 
I want you to go bless your man and woman of God. Don't bless them. Remember, he just rebuked you last week. That wasn't nice. Have a spirit like Peter. Jesus rebuked Peter all the time. He was the only dude that walked on water. Jesus always rebuking Peter. So it's not the rebuke. It's the keeping the strife out. See, love. Because when you realize strife kills, strife will kill a relationship that quick. But you know, word. Oh, Sprite trying to come. Oh, I cast that stuff down in the name of Jesus. No, what do you mean? I'm not going to bless my man, man of God. What? The Lord told me to bless him with $100? I'm going to give him $500 because of you devil. See, you start talking to the devil like that. Oh, you don't want me to give him $100? I'll give him $500. Now what? Now what you going to do? What is that? Could you cast it down that strife? If you have strife towards anyone or anybody, the best quick way to get rid of it is to bless them. Because you can't, you can't keep having strife with somebody who you're blessing. Because if you do, you are really perverted. <laughs> you, you need to come down to the altar. And we need, we need, to, we need to pray, seriously. We need to really... Because you still blessing the man and woman of God and you still got strife. Something, something. No, no, no. I tell you, once you do that, it will break that strife just like that, instant. So in understanding this, we realize to have a relationship with 85% of the people on Facebook and social media, you must discredit issues. Why is that? Because strife is sowing discord among the brethren. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to close. Y'all getting anything out of this? This is spiritual war. We got two more after this, and we'll be done in this season. I tell you, I'm, tell, I'm, I'm telling you, <laughs> what I have learned being a Christian and under the word of God, the word of God the light will shine so much of your darkness that you realize you'll, you'll realize that how much uh, <laughs> you really don't know God. <laughs> you think you, you think you knew God, but when that word shines, it's like, are you serious? <laughs> really? You know, when the word of God shines in your life and when it comes to honor and the scripture says in first Peter, husband, honor your wives as the weakest vessel dwell with them according to knowledge. Because if you don't do that, you come to me and pray, I ain't listening. God ain't going to listen to my prayer because I dishonored my wife. And here I'm thinking I'm honoring, and then the Holy Spirit will show you where you've been dishonoring your spouse. And you think you, I thought I was cool. <laughs> And he will show you 
That's the tree of life. That you go before God and you pray. And you pray for the Lord and say, oh, you feel, Lord, why you ain't listening to me? But you dishonor her. Dishonor her? Oh, she been talking to me. You dishonor her? Your honor towards her, God said, is not predicated on what she does to you. Your honor towards her and towards me is what you do, what I tell you do toward her. This is what we get, we, get, we get it twisted. We think that we should do a certain thing towards our spouse or friends, whatever, based on how they do towards us. In God's kingdom, ain't got nothing to do. It, it ain't got to do she could dishonor me till all the cows come home. God is looking. If God brings it to my attention, it's not based on what she do towards me. It's what God tells me to do towards her. Because why? Why? What's happening? Because when I do what God tells me to do towards her, now I have given him free access that he can deal with her. And vice versa in the relationship. So if I do what God says to do from his word, keep the strife out. Because strife can kill a marital relationship like that. And I do what God said, tells me to do towards her, not based on what she do towards me. That's why honor is so important. That's why honor, uh, kind of getting off for Thursday. Honor, that's, why, that's why we as children have parents. God teaches us, he says, to honor your father and mother. Don't honor your father and mother based on what they do or what they didn't do for you. He says, honor them. Why do we honor them? Because God chose those two individuals to get you here. So we honor them. So that's why honor, when we get in later in life, honor becomes a challenge towards our parents why is that? Because now we are older now and we can see the faults in our parents. See, when we were young, we didn't see no fault. We thought daddy and mama were the greatest thing since Peter and Jelly. But now we're getting older, we start seeing faults and we're like, wow. And that's why God's word comes and said to honor them. Whether you see the faults or not, you're honoring them because I chose them to get you here. So that I honor them so that my days may be along, along upon the earth. And that Hebrews, uh, you study that days out, it has the same inference meaning from the, talk about in the book of Genesis, Garden of Eden, that you have voluptuous living. And that honor is still applicable to us as believers from the age of one to the age of 99. Just because you're 99, it doesn't give you free reign to say, oh, I can dishonor my parents. No, it doesn't work in the kingdom of God. So even to the age of 99, I'll still honor my father and mother. And that word honor in the Greek, we get the English word honorarium, it says to give to them. 
So now we see why the devil causes strife between parents and children because it's robbing them of the blessings of God that has towards honor. Last scripture, and I'm going to close. Man, if somebody would have taught us this stuff, our lives would have been a whole lot different. <laughs> and then we see some individuals like, man, they just prosper and stuff. You know, why, why do they, man, they just, just like everything they touch their hands on. And if you study them and check out their life, they honor their father. Father, they don't put their father and mother into a nursing home. Remember I told you before, and in the Korean culture, that is forbidden. In the Korean culture, if I was a Korean man, she was a Korean female, and she married me, my, all of my family becomes her family. She'll take care of my father, my mother. She'll cook for them. You can't get that. Western culture, it's equality. Equality. I ain't care. Mama wants to Mama get on out to get herself. Dishonor, and we, and we wonder why, especially in the black community, why we experience so much horrendous, disastrous, evil stuff because we have lost honor. And when we see a certain culture, they prosper the way they do because they honor their parents. Oh, I tell you, in that Korean culture, if she refused to take care of my parents, she would be considered in the family dishonorable. So they are right. They are taught that. At one time in our culture, we were taught that. But through thoughts, ideas, and suggestions, because we want to be so much like the white folks. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 we did. We want to be just like the white folks. Because we went, I, I don't know what y'all, but we went this whole lot of their children to dishonor them all day. And we want to be just like, well, I want to be just like them, you know? Not realizing the principle that we was operating in, God was blessing us. We don't care what Big Daddy did and Big Mama did. We honor them. The black woman was so, oh, I don't know why I'm going. The black woman was so honored by the black community that was the jealousy of the white woman towards the black woman. Because she saw how the black family honored that black people. That's where the jealousy came. The honor was so great. Oh, Lord. Even Massa took care of the black female. Why you think his white wife was jealous? Because that black woman was honored. But we've been bamboozled through feminist movement, through thoughts, ideas, and suggestions. And oh yeah, yeah, thank you, Lord. The Lord told me. Let, let, let me let me tell you something. You black female, you get a revelation of this. Just get the strife out of your life. Your struggle with your black male, whoever black male in your life, is not the same struggle that white females had with their men. We, 
before the civil rights, we didn't have a struggle with each other. I was poor, she was poor. I didn't have nothing, she didn't have nothing. So we didn't have a struggle versus their people. They had a struggle with their men because their men had everything. So you got bamboozled by the devil thinking that your struggle with your black man was the same as the struggle with the white woman with the white man. It wasn't the same struggle because when you got in strife with your black man, we got the welfare system. We got the break, breaking of the family. We got the men put out of the family. We had to struggle, we had the, the projects. So when they had a struggle with their white men, they became CEO of corporations. So you got bamboozled. So you don't, we don't have a struggle like that. So you need to get your mind renewed and say, I need to honor all the black men in my life. Because we got the same struggle. We have the same struggle. I struggle. I, my wife and I struggle to it, not because she wants my corporation. <laughs> I ain't got that. Unless it's in God. But we don't have that same struggle. And that's where in the 60s, the black female got bamboozled through white feminism, white lesbian feminism. And the black female fell for that. And that's why the conditions of our community is the way it is. Now, this is not just, you know, this is not an indictment on y'all. This is just this is true. So now we got, we getting the word. We got faith and we got to change this stuff around. Because I'm telling you, the black man in this country is the only person that is dishonored by everybody. Everybody dishonored us. People from other countries come over and they look down on us because of all that stigmatism and all that stuff. Every, everybody dishonor the black man. I had a I had a, 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 a Indian psychologist when I worked at the VA, and she told me that. And at the time, I didn't understand. What she was saying she was she told me she said, you know what? Even the black female don't understand the black man struggle. And I was I'm like, well, what are you talking about? But after years of getting, there, I said, wow. The black female done it. Because if the black female understood the black man's struggle, she never would have went to the white man's government of welfare and took provision and put a man out if she understood. So that's why our community is in the condition that it is. Because the devil ran a bamboozle on our women. I'm telling you, a black man cannot be successful without his woman. If you study every culture where a successful man is, he has his woman, except for the black culture. 
because what have we been taught for generation to generation in the black culture, black female? I don't need no man. So when the white man, the white, the white woman hears that, the Mexican woman hears that, the Asian woman hears that, Spanish woman hears that, they say, okay, you don't need no man, you don't need no man. I need your, I need them cut me out. And then you want to get a strife, get an attitude. Why they all go? Because you said, I don't need no man. The words of your mouth. Now, you know, hey, equal, yeah, hey, hey, I, I get on the brothers too. You know, they need to do their job and all that kind of stuff. But this is, this is thoughts, ideas, and suggestions. And we need to look at this stuff and say, don't don't be don't be condemned. Look at this, like look at oh man, the devil ran a game on us. So since I got faith, I'm we changing this for the next generation. <laughs> we should have taught our females how to be ready, prepared to be needed. But we taught our females how to be ready, prepared to be bossy. Because I'm going to tell you, a real man who's in a relationship and he got a woman who's bossy and, he, and she acting like a man and coming at him, a real man, what are you going to do? He's going to back away. Because he know if you was a dude, I'll punch you in your mouth. But I'm, I'll just back away. No, it's not because he a punk. He knows that I'll knock you out. But because if a real man comes to me that way, I'm going to knock him out. But because I love you and I want to knock you out, I'll just walk away. So what has happened? The word of God says that in First Peter that your conversation your words will draw your man to you. So just think your bossiness and your words going to do what? Repel your man from you. So that's why you see some you see these black men with some of these raunchy looking female. And you're like, what he doing? Hey, look at me. Because she needed him. I'm going to tell you about us males. We are very fragile. Fragile. We like being needed. And if we, if we feel like we're not needed, we'll go down to the West End in the hood and get somebody who got EBT cars and seven kids. And they say, I, I can't take care of my kids. I need somebody to help me. I need somebody to help me. I, I need somebody. That's why you see those dudes would do that. And you look at yourself like, what? I look better than her. What he doing? It ain't got nothing to do with looks. It's got something to do with being needed. And so you think it's looks. You think I'm cute. I, you are and all that. But once you get, I'm going to tell you, I don't know, a marriage counselor? What was it? Once, let me tell you something. You look cute and all that for your boyfriend. When you get married, look for being needed. 
So you know, yeah, you look cute and everything, but if you acting all bossy, manly, oh, I could do that, I could do that, I could do that, I don't, then he looks at, well, if you can do all that, what you need me for? I'm going to go find some wretched scumbag chick who needs me. So when you get married, the roles switch. When you was dating, he need for you to look cute. When you get married, he need for you to need him. He already got you because you're already cute. So it ain't, about, it ain't about the cuteness. It's about, do you need me? And if you come off, you don't need him. Okay. That's why he'll sit there, be quiet. Won't talk. Won't say nothing. Hey, I, I, I'll see you later. Okay. He'll go off. And like I said, he'll see some little, little hot little young mama got a bunch of babies. And dropping stuff and you go hey let me let me help you with that oh thank you I, I appreciate you helping me what's going on he's feeling needed and that's how we get rid of strife in the marriage And also, I'm, I'm, and I'm, I'm, and also, let me, let me, let me, let me help you with the physical thing too, because people, Christian marriages, they get bamboozled with this. When a young man is young, very, he's, he's the long ranger. He wants to conquer when he's young. When, when you were young, a female, only thing that you're interested in is like, you know, why can't we just, you know out on a date and we just hug each other and he wants to go let's have sex what's this is our biological makeup okay this is how we want to have sex all right so when you get married and you're having sex and you know and she's feeling like well can't we just go out to dinner you know you know and just you know just talk come here baby you know and all that then when we get older the biological clock ticked. Now she like, ride him, cowboy. Let's go. And he's going, can you just hold me? <laughs> can, can, can we just have dinner? Can you just hold me tonight? You know? And she's looking at, come on, boy. Turn on over there. Let's go. Oh, you know, I don't, I got a headache tonight. That's the biological change. <laughs> I don't know why it happens that way. It just happens that way. And I have to, you know, to tell this sister, hey, ease up, sis, okay? You know, give a brother a break, you know? Can I, you know? But when, but when we was younger, oh man, as soon as she walked through that door, come here, baby. But now it's like, can, can, can I take a break? You know, you know, can we get something to eat? You know, just hold me. You know what I'm <laughs> I don't know why that is. It just is. 
and hey, if couples will be if couples will be honest, they'll tell you, yeah, you you right, Pastor, you right. You know, uh, uh, us brothers be honest, yeah, you right. Man, I can't slow homegirl dad at all. Man, boy, let me get a little, get a little, something slipping her drink, put her to sleep or something. <laughs> and those stages that you go through that, that's why, you know, you go through it. So that's why, you know, my sons would come around and I would tell them, yeah, daddy, ride that cow, that horse, yeah. And they like, daddy, we don't hear all that. Because in all actuality, the horse has slowed down. <laughs> now it's just, just let's just go to sleep in each other's arms, okay? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let me, let me read this last scripture. Oh, Jesus. Mm. And we, we, we have to know these things and, and we'll get rid of strife. We'll get rid of strife. So, you know, hey, we, hey, we teaching you young people all this stuff. Y'all need to know these things so you won't be bamboozled, shocked, and surprised. You know? That's right. This is, this is the biological thing, how this thing works, you know? I know my father-in-law one time, he told me, he said, you know what, Cecil? There comes a time that you and your wife can just be friends. <laughs> and I said, what you talking about, Dad? He said, you, 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 you're, you're fine now. You're, fine. you're just going to be friends. And this, and this is my buddy. <laughs> my buddy. <laughs> oh. We ain't gonna take no blue pills or none of that stuff. So, okay. All right. All right, second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 20, 20. Let's wrap it up. For I fear lest when I come, I shall not find such as I would, and that I should be found unto you such as you would not, lest there be debates, envy, wrath, strife, backbiting, whispering, swelling, and tumults. Unless when I come again, my God will humble me among you, and that I shall and that I shall bewail many which have sinned already and have not repented of the uncleanliness and fornication and lasciviousness which they have committed. So strife is not the will of God. And the devil has used technology to bring a lot of strife in our lives. But in our spiritual warfare, when strife comes, we take authority over it. And we cast it down in the name of Jesus. That strife don't live here. But nothing but the spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. Because God has not given us a spirit of fear. But we have authority over strife. Amen? Have y'all learned anything out of that? We got two more to cover. And then we'll be done with our spiritual warfare series. Went all summer. Man, praise God. And we're excited what the Lord is going to do next in our teaching. Let's stand our feet. Ah, hallelujah. Mm -hmm.
silly anointing. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yes, yes, yes. Ah, the truth, truth. Lord, give me truth. It may hurt for a season, but I have the victory. It will bring me out into the fruit of righteousness. I've been talking about righteousness a lot. I think a righteousness teaching needs to come on here soon. I love teaching on righteousness. A lot of stuff comes with righteousness. But right now we are in spiritual warfare. And we, we fight the good fight of faith. Why is that? Because it's a fixed fight. The Father has fixed the fight. We win. As, well, as long as we do as the Father said, we will win every time. So we just fight the good fight of faith in this spiritual warfare battle. Wednesday is uh, 7 to 8 prayer time. Uh, we're going to be changing our prayer time, or not prayer time, the things that we do during prayer this coming Wednesday. And then don't forget, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday is our 12-hour fast. Thursday night teaching, continuing on the law of honor. And back here uh, next Sunday, Southeast Group told me hopefully by next week they can start painting the inside. We already have our chairs, correct? We already have our pulpits on order. Yes. And uh, I don't know about the carpet. Have they said anything about the carpet? Okay. But we got our chairs ready we got our new pulpits ready they're going to they're going to paint hopefully next week and then get the rest of the pews out lay the carpet down bring the chairs in and i think they're going to do, do our lighting too for i think uh ken mentioned that they're going to do the lighting for us too and uh we got our new tvs that we're going to have mounted on the wall so, yeah, we've got new TVs, two brand new TVs mounted on the wall. They can just come out like that, you know, and for praise and worship and for the word and stuff. And so God is really moving. He's removing, moving mightily in our midst. And we just thank God for that. And we praise him for that. Hallelujah. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you. We praise you. We love you and we adore you, Lord. We thank you for your word. Your word is life-changing. Your word is revealing to us the truth of you, Lord, the characteristics of you, how, how the kingdom of God operates. So, Father, continue to empower us and help us to walk in this kingdom victory. The victory belongs to us, but the glory belongs to you, Lord. So we give you all the glory, and we take the victory that we have in faith. Thank you, Lord, for the ones that are here today, the ones who are not here who are working, Lord, change their work schedule so that they can be here, Lord, their heart's desire is to be here. And Lord, we call them from the north, south, and the east and west to give up the sons and daughters of Almighty God to come into this place to ready to do great exploits on your behalf. Lord, continue to bless your people, heal them, prosper them, deliver them, and set them free. Place a hunger of thirst of righteousness in their hearts, Lord. But you said in your word, those who hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. So we want to be filled up, overflowing your righteousness. So we thank you. We praise you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.
Be a blessing, not a curse. See you on Wednesday if you can. Are in the power of the tongue. So we come to tell you tonight, be blessed. In fact, just look at three people around you tell them, be blessed. Thanks for listening to Faith in the Word podcast. If the Word of God has been a blessing to you today and you want to give unto the ministry, please feel free. Pilgrim Missionary Baptist Church, 600 Bellwood Road, Louisville, Kentucky, 40223. Or email Pastor Holloway directly at CecilHolloway at Yahoo.com with more options for electronic giving. Thanks for listening. Stay in faith and be blessed.